0: Head to patreon.com slash Healthy Chris, or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. It is the finale of season five of the Healthy Mama Kitchen podcast, and today we are diving in to a juicy Ask Me Anything Q&A. We're talking everything from our family's favorite easy summer meals, food-related gifts, what I do when I'm burnt out on cooking, what started me in the healthy living and cooking world, my personal eating habits, what my day looks like, how I keep my energy levels up, did it hurt to get my nose pierced, am I excited about our upcoming travels, and what I'm manifesting this year. It's going to be good, so let's dive in. Does cooking feel like a struggle more often than you want to admit? Do school lunches get boring after the third week, and even cereal for breakfast sometimes feels like too much effort, let alone feeding yourself and your family meals with vegetables they'll actually eat? If you're a busy mama like me, you can probably relate. I'm Chris Dovniak, and welcome to My Healthy Mama Kitchen. I'm a trained chef, culinary nutritionist, and mama of two, and I'm here to guide you in making healthy eating easy and accessible. By simplifying your meal plan, demystifying meal prep, taking the stress out of weeknight dinners, and helping you learn to cook your family delicious, nutrient-dense meals along the way without spending hours in the kitchen or thousands of dollars a month at Whole Foods. In this podcast, I'm here to share my best tips, tools, and hacks for your real-life healthy mama kitchen with a side of humor and sometimes a little bit of spice. So grab your favorite apron and let's get cooking. Welcome back to the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast and welcome to the season five finale of the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast. Technically, this is the season one finale of the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast because, as you might know, it was the Healthy Balance Mama Podcast for four years prior. But I have loved the switch to the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast this year. Honestly, nothing has ever felt so right in my business. I felt this pull for a really long time and I'm so glad. I took the plunge and I made the change in August. I feel so much more aligned here with the podcast and the cooking club and the recipe development I've been doing, the classes I've been teaching. I feel just so right more so than ever before in my business and it has shown in how much this community has really grown over the past year since august the podcast has had over sixty-five thousand new downloads and we've hit our highest months of listeners by far the patreon community has grown to over 45 members and counting and i hope to see more of you there this summer as well So before we dive in, I just want to give a huge thank you to all of you for being a part of this community, whether you are a listener or a lurker, or we connect regularly over in the cooking club or on Instagram. I appreciate you being here so much. You have No idea. Truly, the online world is not easy. There's not a lot of gratification in creating recipes online, talking to the ether, recording podcasts, and there's a lot of criticism that comes with putting yourself out there online. And so every one of you who listens to the podcast, who follows me on Instagram, who joins Patreon, who comments on our Patreon posts or my Instagram posts, any of you who send me DMs on Instagram, it really does mean a lot. And I really do love to connect with all of you. It's one of my favorite parts of having an online business. And though this season of the podcast is coming to a close, we're not actually taking a full pause. I'm actually going to be sharing five mini episodes I'm calling summer snacks on everything from easy, make-ahead breakfast and lunch ideas, road trip snacks, camping meals, and more. And then when I come back officially in August, we are going to hit the ground running on Back to School. And as a reminder, if you love the podcast and you want bonus episodes, this month I shared an episode on feeding kids in the summertime, one on my road trip essentials, post five-day road trip, food, car things, and more. And next week, I am sharing my Healthy Mama Grill Guide for grilling this summer all over on Patreon. The podcast fan tier is only $5 a month. You'll get everything in the first tier as well. So you'll get weekly emails with meal inspiration, grocery list, and meal prep plan if you want to make it your meal plan. Member exclusive recipes. We have over 100 recipes in the recipe vault right now. Quick tips, community shares, and more. And you will also get one to two bonus podcast episodes a month as well, all for the price of just one brown sugar shaken oat milk espresso a month. And it really does help support the podcast. I am truly trying to keep this podcast as low ad as possible. The Patreon community is what supports this podcast. So you get all those benefits, and I get the benefit of being able to keep this podcast running too. So I just wanted to put that out there too. Enough of that for now. Today, as we have done traditionally, we're doing an Ask Me Anything q and I asked you for questions over on Instagram, and I did have to ask twice, but oh my goodness, you came through. I am so excited to answer these. I'm going to start with some cooking questions and then move on to personal questions and finish with some that were more rapid fire questions. So thank you to everyone who submitted questions. Let's dive in. Number one, in no particular order, this is just how I took them off of my Instagram and put them into categories, our favorite easy summer meals. So I asked for questions before I put out the first couple of June podcast episodes, but I had a whole episode on summer shortcuts and one on low cook dinners at the beginning of the month. So head back to episodes 331 and 332 for more ideas, but I figured I would share a few of our personal go tos. We are big salad fans in the summertime because they're just so easy to put together, and I am a huge fan of homemade dressings because they're so easy to make yourself at home, and really good quality dressings are crazy expensive. Even if you buy them at Target or Trader Joe's, they can be really expensive. Oftentimes, they still have a lot of icky ingredients, and they're so easy to make at home with Whole Foods. So some of our go-tos are a DIY Cobb salad bar. It's one of our absolute favorites. So I'll chop up some lettuce and prep everything. We do chicken. We do bacon. We do tomatoes. Sometimes I'll do cucumber. We'll do hard-cooked eggs. We'll do some sort of a cheese, oftentimes too. And... I will make whatever dressing. Oftentimes, I'll do my homemade herb ranch dressing or we'll do the Green Goddess Cobb Salad, which is a copycat for the Panera Bread Green Goddess Salad using the pickled onions my family is obsessed with. So that's a that's a go-to often. Also taco salads. There's a new dressing coming to the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. Actually, at this point, it should be out already. It's a jalapeno cilantro ranch. Very kid-friendly, not super spicy. And we will do some sort of taco meat. Sometimes we'll do beans. Sometimes we'll do corn. We'll do crumbled up tortilla chips. We'll do tomatoes, usually on romaine lettuce. That's my kid's favorite. So we tend to kind of default to romaine lettuce. They don't love spring greens, but I did create a summer steak salad for The cooking club with peaches and gorgonzola cheese. Oh my gosh, it's so good! Actually, I think I just used regular blue cheese, but you can you can make it fancy with gorgonzola. Um, So we love salads in our house with homemade dressings. We'll also do steak or salmon on the grill, and I'll make my homemade Caesar dressing and do a Caesar salad as well. I make homemade croutons too super easy. When I am not recipe testing, I am a big fan of the 20 minute dinner. So, we oftentimes will do things on the grill now that we have a grill. Greek chicken wraps are another favorite in my house. So, I'll make some homemade yogurt sauce. We will marinate the chicken in my Greek chicken marinade. That recipe is on my website and also in the cooking club, and then I will do chopped tomatoes, kalamata olives, cucumbers. I've talked about all these, I think, in my in the other episodes, but We'll cook up the chicken on the grill, put them in pitas. We also love my pork souvlaki version, which is in the cooking club, too. We love Mediterranean-inspired food in our house, so oftentimes we will do a shortcut meatball bowl as well. So we'll do hummus as the base a little bit of couscous. You could also use quinoa if you want it to be gluten-free, some sort of meatball. We like the chicken meatballs from Trader Joe's or the beef meatballs that are in the freezer section at Target. They're grass-fed beef meatballs. They're really inexpensive, too. They're like $6.99. I think I talked about those in the shortcut episode. I definitely talked about them in the Target grocery guide episode. So we will throw that together, add the yogurt sauce, add in. Usually I do a really quick chopped Greek salad with tomatoes, cucumbers, kalamata olives, with some feta. That is a frequent dinner of ours. We also love tacos, any form of tacos in our house. We will typically do flour tortillas for the kids and I do siete tortillas. Lately, we've been really loving my mango shrimp tacos with chipotle ranch. That's a cooking club recipe. We will also just do salmon on the grill as well, or we'll do blackened fish or salmon or blackened salmon tacos. I mean, if it can taco, we will turn it into a taco. And I always have at least a couple dressings on hand. Oftentimes my chipotle ranch, that jalapeno cilantro ranch I mentioned, my homemade herb ranch, though I don't usually use that on tacos and then sometimes I'll make an easy avocado crema for the tacos, too. We'll do non-bread pizzas as a quick dinner, and we will do sausage with peppers and onions, either in a bun or over rice or cauliflower rice. Those are kind of our go-tos. Next question. Favorite food-related gift to give or to receive? Does wine count? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I love a good charcuterie board gift. Many of you know. I love creating a good charcuterie board, especially for hosts or housewarming or a friend. I got my sister one for her birthday this year. I will find a cool little charcuterie board. And if you're giving it to them in person, you're not like holding on to it for a while or they're not you know, traveling somewhere after, you can pick out a couple of your favorite cheeses, maybe a bag or two of your favorite nuts. Trader Joe's is a great place to get some, especially the truffle or rosemary Marcona almonds. And then I usually pair it with a great local honey, especially if they don't live near me or some sort of a jam like a fig jam or Stonewall Kitchen creates really good unique jams. It could be a pepper jelly. So I love that. Like I mentioned, especially if They don't live near me. Something local is always my favorite. Or my homemade barbecue sauce is typically what I will give if people come to my house. It is a secret recipe. You will only get it if you come to my house. (laughs) To receive chocolate, always. My mother in law gives the best chocolate gifts. Thank you, Bev. I don't think she listens, but truly any form of chocolate. I love dark chocolate, but I'm not picky. The Hugh Kitchen Crunchy Mint is a great gift for me or anyone else, too. (laughs) So I think those are my favorites. What do you do when you are burnt out on cooking, meal planning, and food? Okay, I love this question. I think I'm going to turn it into a whole episode in the future. But I want you to know that you are not alone. The struggle is real, even for me. I love food. I love creating recipes. I was going to say I love feeding my family, but that's not always true. Sometimes my kids are tough. And I'm sure that's probably true for you too. So there are seasons where I have been doing a ton of recipe testing. I'm cooking all day long for several days at a time. And then I just get burnt out. I get burnt out from the weekly meal planning and creating all of these dinners for my family. Half the time, the kids are like, man, I don't really like that. And my kids are pretty good eaters, but I get burnt out too. And this is my job. So a couple things that I do. The first one is I get the family involved. If we've been in a season where I'm just tired of cooking, I will ask the kids, What do you guys want to eat? Or ask my husband. My husband's pretty, he's not very picky. So, but he will give me specifics. I'm like, Please tell me what you want to eat. A few weeks ago before he left, he was like, I want steak Caesars. And I was like, You got it. So I made some homemade Caesar dressing, which is so quick, by the way. I mentioned that earlier. Toss it on some romaine lettuce. We cooked up steaks in the grill. Dinner was done. Everyone was happy. I asked the kids. My oldest daughter oftentimes asks for our veggie packed bolognese. That recipe's on my website. My younger daughter likes anything with chicken. So she usually says chicken. Her favorite is chicken noodle soup or whole roasted chicken, but any sort of chicken meal. She likes uh, the Greek grilled chicken and also my chimichurri chicken, which she calls the one with the herbs that's not too spicy (laughs) because she asked me when I served it if it was spicy. And I said, not too spicy. And so now she calls it the one with the herbs. That's not too spicy. (laughs) So I will ask them what they want, and I will add those to our meal plan. So I always start my meal plan with at least two family favorite meals. If it's a season where I'm just burnt out, what I will rely on is all family favorite meals. If I don't have anything specific that I need to test that week, I'm asking the family and we are doing all family favorites, no arguments, easy. I will also rely on shortcut meals. If I'm burnt out and I don't want to cook, but I know I want, I want to feed my family good meals, we will do more salad kits. We'll do rotisserie chicken. I'll go to Trader Joe's or Aldi, and I will get frozen bag chicken and meatballs and chicken sausage, frozen veggies, things I know my family likes, things I know are low effort for me. We'll rely on those type of meals. And yeah, we will do takeout. There are nights where I'm just super tired, especially on Wednesdays. Typically in the past, not in this current season, but Wednesdays were the day after my Monday and Tuesday are my are my days to work. So my husband coaches sailing. So he worked when he was still here. We're in a bit of a different season now. But the way things have worked for the last like nine months, he coaches on Saturday and Sunday pretty much all day long. So I am solo with the kids. So he takes Monday and Tuesday off. He takes over homeschool. He takes the kids I do pretty much all of my recipe testing, video creation, things like that on Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday, up until two weeks ago, I was teaching cooking classes for half the day. But really, it turned into a full day because I have to do the prep in the morning and I have to stay with the kids because they are or were at a homeschool co-op. So my days were... Like Monday through Wednesday were super full. And oftentimes on Wednesday night, if I hadn't done recipe testing or enough for an easy, easy reheat meal on Wednesday, which was usually the case, my husband and I would look at each other after soccer and go, takeout. And <laughs> we would oftentimes grab Mexican takeout from this tiny little incredible Mexican place that is attached to a laundry mat, like down the street from our house. So this totally happens with me too rely on family favorites, get your family involved, shortcut meals, take out when you need to, just make it work. I promise you will come out of this phase. I find taking a week or two to do that helps me to feel just a little bit more energized and inspired to create new recipes in my case or to just make something different. Also getting some inspiration, go to Barnes & Noble, browse some cookbooks, go to the library, take a couple cookbooks out, buy a new cookbook you know, that can help too. browse Instagram, wherever you'd like to get your recipes or join the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. But seriously, reach out to me over on Instagram. If you're like, I need some recipe inspiration, I will tell you the exact recipes my family has been enjoying lately. And hopefully that will give you a little bit of inspiration. So let's move on to personal questions. The first question I got was, "What started you in healthy eating and living?" So this is quite a long story, but I'm going to give you the condensed version. My interest in healthy eating started in high school. I grew up eating like standard American diet, lots of processed food. My mom kind of did what she could. She was not a big cook. She cooks a lot more now, um, but we didn't. We, we ate a lot of really great like fruits and vegetables in the summertime, especially my dad had this like really beautiful garden I would help him with. I got a question on gardening later. I'm not going to make my dad proud, um, but we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But we ate lots of good, fresh fruits and vegetables. But other than that, we ate a lot of processed foods. So in high school, I did gain a significant amount of weight in a pretty short period of time, which now as an adult who knows her body and who has gone through many, many years of figu- figuring out what works for me. I realized this is probably mostly hormonal paired with not eating great foods or knowing how to listen to my body. And that happened sort of at the same time as I had started to go through black belt training. So I had done martial arts for years and years. I went through black belt training when I was 15 and I have a very distinct memory of walking into the karate studio one day and two of the moms of some of the other kids who were there saw me and they made a comment on having of me having lost weight. And I hadn't weighed myself. I mean, I'd noticed that my karate pants were a little bit looser, but I it wasn't something that I was super conscious about. I wasn't I was a little bit self-conscious about my weight at that time. I have another memory being a freshman in high school and getting weighed. Do you remember being weighed in PE? So awful, like in front of everyone. And they would write it on the top of this paper for these uh, like presidential fitness tests we were doing. And I was sitting above this other girl and she was the same height as me. And I was 30 pounds heavier than her. So I was conscious about it, but I wasn't trying to do anything to change it. I loved karate and I was focusing most of my effort on that. And any weight that I had lost was completely unintentional at that point. But the comment made me feel good. And it made me feel like, oh my gosh, maybe I can do more of what I'm doing to lose more weight. And we had learned a little bit about fueling our bodies for training during black belt training. And so I started researching more and I started getting really interested in the sports side of nutrition and how fueling our bodies can really help us in our training and something I'm still fascinated by to this day. And that was what, we, what got me interested in nutrition. At that point, I had wanted to be a forensic investigator. Of all things, that's what I wanted to do with my life. My interest in nutrition grew from there. And I wish I could tell you that it turned into this really wonderful journey of healthy eating and healthy living. But I ended up with an eating disorder. I took it way too far. My focus was only on changing my body. And even though I was still interested in the food for fuel side of things, and I did end up going to school for nutrition, I struggled with an eating disorder for several years. And I went through recovery. And I decided about three quarters of the way through my nutrition program in college to not get my RD, to move from the dietitian path to the sports nutrition path with no idea of what I was going to do with that. I just knew that I really liked sports nutrition and I didn't want to become a dietitian. I didn't want to teach people how to lose weight and potentially send them down the same path that I went down. Now, I'm not saying that weight loss is always bad. I think weight loss in the right way for you, if that's right for your body, is not always negative. But I had approached it in a really negative way, and that wasn't what I wanted to do with my life anymore. Around this time, I had already started cooking for myself and becoming interested in the culinary side of nutrition. And so I spent a summer abroad in Italy, which really it really changed my life. Honestly, we got to take a couple of cooking classes with the chef Rosa at our local restaurant. We would eat dinner at every night and I learned some incredible recipes and I really fell in love with fresh, whole foods, seasonal foods and cooking. And I knew that at some point I wanted to go to culinary school. So fast forward a couple of years. If you know my story, I met my husband, finished up school, went up to Toronto with him, went to culinary school graduated culinary school. And during this time, I was also struggling with a ton of gut and hormonal issues. I had had gut issues for years and years and years. And I had also had hormonal issues for years, but I didn't realize they were an issue. My doctor had put me on birth control to control some of those issues, but I didn't really realize what was underlying until I went off of birth control. So that's a whole other story on hormone health. Go back and listen to the episodes with Dr. Heather Rhodes. I talk more about my PCOS and all of that. But the gut issues were something I'd struggled with my whole life. I thought I was lactose intolerant for a while there. And, you know, I'd been in and out of gastroenterologists. I had done colonoscopies and endoscopies, and all they had come up with was that I was inflamed. And I had started experiencing really scary Symptoms. So imagine some of these scariest symptoms you can have with gut health. I was experiencing some of that. So, doctor after doctor, they were not giving me answers. And so, I started really becoming interested in holistic health and holistic modalities. So, that was truly what helped to heal my gut and to really start working on my hormones as well. It took a long time to really get to the place where I am with balanced hormones, but that was where it kind of started. So I pursued holistic nutrition, sports nutrition, and prenatal nutrition certifications. I love learning. I still hold the sports nutrition certification um, and my culinary nutrition expert certification, the other ones I've let go. Um, I still love learning. I also got my personal training certification, worked as a trainer and group fitness instructor for several years. And I did used to work as a health and intuitive eating coach as well. I got my intuitive eating certification as well. And I did that for a number of years. That's actually how this podcast started, kind of what it centered around when I first started the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. And I ended up pivoting away from that because I struggled with my passion for holistic health and how much that had helped me and how much real whole foods had really changed my health and my life and how the kind of intuitive eating world in quotations really made me feel like I couldn't share or promote, quote unquote, healthy living practices without feeling like I was promoting diet culture, which I know now is BS. There is a fine line between healthy living and diet culture, but it comes down to listening to your body learning what works for you, and truly your motives behind it. So honestly, over the years, I've become really self-aware of what works and what doesn't, lots of trial and error, and really just focusing on what feels good, lots of real whole foods. And now I'm all about eating all types of foods, but I'm really conscious about eating what makes me feel good, what fuels me for the life I want to live. And that's kind of how I got started and where I am now. And that piggybacks onto the next question. The next question is, how do you stay so skinny and beautiful? Thank you. And how do you know how much food to eat in a day? All right. I want to be careful with how I respond to this because, as I mentioned, I have struggled with food. I used to struggle a lot with body image, and I know a lot of us do. And I firmly believe we all have a set point that our body wants to be at and we feel good at. A place where we can eat well without struggling to maintain our size. Now, this might change over time, might change pre baby, post baby, as we age. And I know that in saying that, it can be easier said than done. And just saying listen to your body is such a trite answer. So I'm not just gonna say that. (laughs) I'm not just gonna tell you to listen to your body. Finding balance is about learning about your unique body. And I think when you do that, you should be able to feel good and eat a large variety of foods, mostly healthy foods. And when I say healthy, I mean, real foods, healthy is different for everyone. Some people can tolerate things like gluten and dairy. Some people can't. Some people can tolerate meat. Some people can't. So I don't think there's any one way to eat. But I think no matter what, eating mostly real whole foods is a good way to go. But it's all about balance, right? So I think when you are at that point, you should be able to eat lots of really good foods and also foods that you just purely enjoy. Move your body and not feel like it's a strain or feel pressure to stay skinny because we all have different body types, right? And I am actually very curvy. I am naturally very muscular. I used to, growing up, be very self conscious of my legs because I definitely have, I don't have skinny little legs. I have really strong quads. And you know what? Those strong quads mean I can squat a heck of a lot of weight. My legs are really strong. I can run a lot of miles. And I'm only five feet tall. I can pretty much guarantee I am not what you would imagine when you imagine a distance runner. But I have come to appreciate my body so much and not constantly try and change it. So what feels good for you? I'm saying this as someone who has been much smaller than I am with major disordered eating twice and someone who was 25 pounds-ish heavier than I am now. Where my body is now is like 25 pounds smaller, give or take. I don't weigh myself anymore, as then it was in early high school when I mentioned I had gained a bunch of weight rapidly. Now, a lot of this for me has been learning how to eat for healthy hormones, which is why I am so passionate about all of the work I have done and am going to continue to do with Dr. Heather Rhodes in creating recipes for her hormone-friendly cookbooks. But it's a range, you know? I don't weigh myself, like I said. My body shifts in different seasons. But after I found my balance, quote unquote, really post having my second daughter, so at the age of 29, I'm turning 34 this year, so it's been about five years, my pant size hasn't changed. I live in this body that I'm in now fairly effortlessly, but not without intentionality. Okay, so I mentioned intuitive eating before, and I think that's a really good place to start. The book Intuitive Eating is really powerful, but I think what I would consider myself now is an intentional intuitive eater. I eat for nourishment first, and I choose nourishing foods that I enjoy. I'm not going to eat raw broccoli because I don't like it, and I prepare them in a way that I enjoy. I would much rather have it roasted. It's whole foods first, but I don't sweat white bread or white rice or things like that. I fill my plate with a ton of veggies and protein. Protein has been so huge to balance my blood sugar. I do have PCOS and my pants do get tight when I'm not focusing on protein. And when that happens, I don't diet anymore, right? I just start to shift to focusing on more protein. Asking myself what would feel good right now versus just grabbing the first thing, which can be hard because oftentimes I have a lot of meals in my fridge from recipe testing. Sometimes I've got to go, all right, I'll eat that tomorrow. Right now I need Protein and veggies. Protein and veggies are always my main concern isn't the right word, but my main focus at meals. I listen to my body fully when it comes to when to eat and what to eat, but I focus on those main things. I don't count or track or worry about things like carbs or fat. I eat lots of healthy fats. I do not restrict that. I don't restrict anything, really. I don't eat a ton of processed foods. We don't keep them in our house. We eat shortcuts here and there, which are processed, maybe once a week, and we eat out once a week or so. But in the house, we focus on real whole foods and eating an amount that feels good. The recipes in the cooking club literally are what myself and my family eats with the occasional shortcut and takeout. Most days, I have a smoothie, which keeps me full until lunch. And the smoothies in Deliciously Drinkable are the smoothies that I drink. And please, as I share this with you, please do not take this as me telling you that if you drink smoothies or eat salads for lunch or whatever, that's what's going to keep you at a certain size because we are all different. But this is what works for me just to give you some kind of inspiration and an idea of where my thought process comes from. A lot of it is about, okay, what is gonna keep me full and fueled? So, the smoothie is usually what I have in the morning, keeps me full and fueled and balanced. There's always a ton of protein in there, fruit, fiber, healthy fats. Those are the things that are most important to me. So, that's usually what I have until lunch. And then for lunch, I will have a recipe testing leftover or a big salad with protein for lunch big salad. I do not skimp on salads. I do not skimp on dressing. I love creamy dressings and I'm not afraid to admit it. I make them at home so I know what goes in them. And then usually I have some sort of snack in the afternoon. It could be anything from a couple energy balls I've made or cottage cheese and crackers. Sometimes I'll do like salami and cheese. Again, Usually just some sort of make sure I make sure there's some sort of a protein there. A few nights a week, I'll have a beer or a glass of wine before dinner with my husband when he's around. Or sometimes I just sit with the kids on the picnic table out back and we read. And, you know, sometimes I have just a seltzer. Sometimes I have a beer or wine. And then we have dinner, which changes every single night. Sometimes I'll have dessert. Oftentimes I'll have dessert. Sometimes it's a couple pieces of chocolate. Sometimes it's an ice cream bar or a bowl of ice cream. It's my usual choice for dessert. And on the weekends, typically, oftentimes, my husband and I will sit down after the kids have gone to bed and have a second drink together as well. I'm not sharing this to promote drinking. I am sharing it because I want you to know that I don't restrict anything. Um, I don't eat a ton of gluten or dairy because that doesn't feel good to me, but I don't avoid anything entirely. And I just really focus on high quality and the real form of foods. So I eat real ice cream. I do like the Yasso Greek yogurt bars, though. I eat real butter. I eat sourdough bread or sprouted bread most of the time. So to kind of summarize, I know how much to eat because of trial and error and listening to my body at meals. But it's not just that. Focusing on protein isn't just good for blood sugar balance overall or for overall health. It's also really helpful because I don't find myself getting starving before meals. I eat when I'm kind of early hungry. I try not to get too hungry because whenever I'm too hungry, I end up overeating. So having a good amount of protein helps with this a lot. I move my body often. I love to run. I love to strength train. And honestly, a lot of it is genetics, right? I told you I'm smaller than I was in high school because I am intuitive and intentional about my eating. But my parents are both in small bodies, right? I grew up with a lot of family members with body issues, and who would openly express their distaste with their bodies. And it definitely contributed to my body image issues and my own struggles with food. But I look back realizing that these people are in small bodies. It's I mean, I could go on and on about our culture and what is expected of women, and it's ridiculous. But honestly, this is what it is. It's genetics. It's intuitive eating. It's intentional eating. And that's that's what keeps me the size I am. So hopefully that answered your question. I don't think I've ever answered a question like that before. I think for a really long time, I was really careful about answering things perfectly and giving you like the best, most intuitive answer. And that is the most honest answer I can give you about what works for me. The next question is also a kind of health-related question, and so I'm going to dive into that really quick because I kind of already answered it. So the question is, how do you keep your energy levels up? Coffee. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I have gone on and off of coffee over the years because it's not great for my hormones, but I've kind of come to a point. I've come to a truce with coffee, okay? I love coffee. I think I love coffee more than the average bear. My husband, too. We like our coffee dark, strong. (laughs) Most of the time we drink espresso blend as like our normal cup of coffee. I know I'm including my husband in this, but I love me some good coffee. So going without coffee just makes me sad. So I have done half calf. More often than not, I will do half calf because I like more than one cup in the morning. So it is like I'm having one real cup of coffee in the morning, but it's spread out. And so, but that's all I have. I've been really intentional about not having caffeine in the afternoon, so I sleep better and I'm not someone who sleeps a lot. My husband needs like nine to ten hours of sleep to like really thrive. I need like seven sometimes eight, depending on how busy I've been. Sometimes I can tell my body needs more sleep, definitely needs more sleep when I'm marathon training. So I'm not a superhero. I do drink coffee in the morning, but I will tell you, I've been taking a supplement. I'll call it a supplement because it's greens and it's also like a multivitamin and a prebiotic. And this is going to sound like an ad, but it's not, they do not sponsor me. You have probably heard of this company before, but I needed to try it for myself and I didn't think I was going to share about it. Until, well, I didn't want to share about it until I had been trying it. I'm on my third month of drinking this, and it's the AG1 blend by Athletic Greens. Now, it is expensive, but here is how I justify it. (laughs) I was drinking a greens powder in the morning, which was probably about 30 to 40 bucks a month. And then I was also taking a multivitamin and a prebiotic. So, all of that is still it's still less to drink AG1 every day. So when I started taking AG1, I started drinking it first thing in the morning and then frequently forgetting about my coffee. Like I would wake up, turn the coffee maker on, drink my AG1, go through my morning routine and realize like two hours later that my coffee is like cold. (laughs) The coffee maker is already shut off. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it actually gives me a good amount of energy and focus in the morning. So that is my not sponsored um honest review. I am a convert and I bought travel packs to bring with me on our travels. It's sort of a can't live without right now. It's it's really helping me. So that helps me in the morning. I don't drink coffee in the afternoon so I can get good sleep and blood sugar balance. Again, having a really good breakfast with a lot of protein that keeps me energized but doesn't give me the spike and then the drop mid-morning, and then again, a lunch with a good amount of protein so I don't get that mid-afternoon slump. I truly don't feel a mid-afternoon slump other than like I've been recipe testing on my feet all day and I'm really tired or maybe I ran longer in the morning and then I'm like, wow, my body's just exhausted. Honestly, I don't have that. My energy levels are pretty high all day long if I've gotten a decent amount of sleep. But I will say I think I realized this a couple years ago. I think I am naturally a really high energy person. Like if you meet me in person, I'm a lot. <laughs> I am excited about everything. I, I do have some of that natural energy where my husband is naturally way more chill. And I need to actively do things to chill out, like listen to calming music, meditate, yoga flows, things like that because I am naturally high energy, which also equates to being high anxiety as well. So there's positives and negatives to that, too. So my best pieces of advice are getting good sleep, obviously. But if you can't do that, find the supplements that work for you. Balance your blood sugar, especially at breakfast and lunch. That's Those are my best pieces of advice. All right. The next question I started telling you about a little bit, but it's what does your usual day look like? So it changes very much depending on the season. So right now, when you are listening to this, we are in Rhode Island. We are traveling right now. But as I'm recording this at the end of May, right now in this season, I wake up around 530 in the morning before the kids wake up. I do like a five to 10 minute little yoga flow stretch situation. I've been doing that for probably three months now. Yoga has always been a really big part of my life, or it has been a big part of my life in the past. And I go in and out of phases with yoga. It was a really huge part of my healing from disordered eating and really becoming more in tune with my body. And I love moving my body in a really slow and intentional way, especially because most of the other exercise that I do, if you want to call this exercise really more kind of stretching flowy. It's like a moving meditation for me. A lot of the other stuff I do is very high energy. So, you know, running, I do strength workouts, hit style workouts. So I like that little bit of gentle movement in the morning. And it's been especially good since I can't just go on a 30 minute morning walk because currently my husband's not here. I can't leave the kids and they don't make it that long. And my walks were really more uh, a place for me to find peace and centeredness, maybe connect with people on Voxer. But it's not that with the kids. They want to chat the whole time. And I love chatting with my kids, but it's not the same. And I haven't found a yoga studio here that I love. I do like the Peloton yoga videos, but oftentimes I don't have time for like a full 20, 30 minute yoga session. I just want like a five to 10 minute flow. So honestly, Laura from the Modern Mamas podcast, she does a flow every morning and I watch her over on Instagram and she really inspired me to start incorporating that into my routine. Again, it used to be something I did every single day before kids. Now I just keep it short, five to 10 minutes, put my coffee on. I have my AG one. I unload the dishwasher right away. This just makes things so much easier. And then I reload it throughout the day. And in our previous season, when I had a little bit more solo time to work because I had my husband there to take care of the kids, I would oftentimes sit and journal or read for a little bit. But real, like realistically, right now, what I'm doing is sitting down with my coffee and doing about an hour of computer work, or I hop into my mini recording studio in my walk-in closet and I record a podcast like I'm doing right now. So then the kids are usually up and I get them breakfast and then I do my workout. Usually it's 30 minutes or less. I do Peloton workouts. I have my breakfast and so my smoothie. After that, my kids are currently homeschooled. They are going back to school in the fall, or I say the fall, but it's August here in Florida. So I will set them up with their school stuff. They're mostly independent with that. My younger daughter is just going into kindergarten. So we do like letter and number and writing practice. But oftentimes her school time is doing some sort of like artwork or just something that's screen free. And right now I'm in a very big recipe testing mode because we are going to be traveling soon. So I get into my recipe testing. If I'm videoing, then I get myself ready, which is a process. You guys, my hair is very hard to deal with. It's like Curly wavy. So, to get it to look presentable for videos, it takes a while. So, I'll usually shower, get myself ready, and while the kids are doing school, and then the kids have some sort of chill time post school while I do videos. If I do videos, if I'm just recipe testing, the kids will just run around, they'll play, they'll do artwork or crafts. My oldest makes jewelry, sometimes she'll read, and then they do get screen time. They will go on their tablet, they will go and watch TV. So that's kind of the midday portion of our day. And then in the afternoon, depending on when I get done and they're done with all their stuff, we will run errands or we'll go on some sort of adventure, maybe the aquarium, maybe the beach, maybe the zoo. That's usually a longer day, though. So we save that for when I'm not working or I just have some like computer work to do in the morning or something like that. And then we come home and sometimes we'll do like a little happy hour. I make the kids a mocktail. Like I mentioned, sometimes I'll have a glass of wine or a beer. We'll sit out in the patio and I will read for a little bit to kind of decompress at the end of the day. That's my first little bit of reading time. I have gotten asked, not in this Q&A, but I've gotten asked when I find the time to read. And honestly, because I I read a ton of books. I am a very fast reader, first of all. I'm not saying this to brag. I I still can't do multiplication in my head very well, you guys. I'm terrible at math, but I am a very fast reader. So typically, I take some time in the evening to decompress before making dinner to read a little bit. Then we have dinner as a family. And then we have our bedtime routine. Usually we hang out. Sometimes we'll watch TV together. We'll read a book. Kids will, you know, pajamas, brush their teeth, go to bed. And then after dinner, I finish up the dishes, which, gosh, I miss my husband. He did the dishes for me most of the time. I know. know. I know. He's awesome. I'm very lucky. Sometimes I'll throw a lot of laundry on, just kind of do house stuff, and then sit down. Sometimes I'll watch a show. I'm not a huge TV person. Usually, I will just make my sleepy girl mocktail, and I will go sit in bed, text my husband for a bit. Sometimes I'll browse TikTok, and then I'll read and go to bed. I can't tell you what our days look like right now because we're living with my parents. I won't be able to tell you what they'll look like in the fall, but maybe I'll do an update in the future. That's what's working for us right now. So the next question is, did it hurt to get my nose pierced? Okay, this is kind of a funny story. I'll give it to you really briefly. So in high school, I told my mom I wanted to get my first tattoo, and my mom was smart. She decided to take me to get a tattoo because I I figured she thought if She didn't take me. I'd probably get it at some like really shady place. So she brought me to get a tattoo. But turns out, even with a parent, you can't get a tattoo before 18 in Rhode Island. So I was like, all right, I want to get my nose pierced. So I got my nose pierced. Loved it. Did it hurt? Heck yeah, it hurt. But it was quick. I think piercings hurt more than tattoos. I've actually had my nose pierced twice. The first time I took it out because I went to get a job at a high-end yacht club as a server in college. And we weren't allowed facial piercings. So I took it out, couldn't get it back in, let it close up. Funny enough, didn't even end up keeping that job, took a different job. I worked like one shift at that job. And then later, that ended up being the yacht club I worked at as a chef for several years. So I didn't have a nose piercing for several years. And then I asked for it for a birthday present a few years later, went to New York City. Got it re-pierced. Still hurt like heck. But I love it. And I don't think I'll ever get rid of it. All right. Next question. Are you excited for the coming weeks of travel? Well, when you're listening, I will have already traveled for several weeks. So the answer is yes, I am really excited. I'm excited to see my family. I'm excited for some fun work stuff I've got coming up. But I will miss it here. I think more than I thought I was going to. We've created a really awesome community I'm really really grateful for. And I really enjoy it here and so I'm going to miss I'm going to miss that. But it it is getting or it currently is getting quite hot. So I'm looking forward to the New England breeze, seeing friends and family and uh, travels. We're going to be doing a lot of camping. We're going to be doing lots of traveling around New England. Our home base is going to be my parents' house, but we are going to be basically traveling for two months straight. And we'll be in the middle of that when you are listening to this. Next question, do you garden? And if so, what are your top favorite things to grow? I am a wannabe gardener, but the answer is no. No. I am not very good. My dad is an incredible gardener. My mother-in-law is an incredible gardener, so I've helped my dad garden, but any gardening I do is fully with my dad's help. If herbs count, then I'm going to have to go with herbs because they're the only thing I have truly successfully kept alive. So I love keeping fresh herbs on hand. I think they're a great place to start. I have a whole episode on starting gardening with Stephanie Leaf. So I will share that in the show notes because she is the expert and she will give you good advice. Last question in this section and then we'll move on to some rapid fires. Are you manifesting in quotations anything this year, work, personal, fitness, etc.? I love this one. Well, let's start with running because that's easiest for me to talk about. I did have a flare-up of a foot injury I have. I believe it's tendinitis. I haven't been diagnosed, but basically, if I rest it for long enough, it clears up. So I took almost a month off from running, which is hard as someone who loves running. And it was right before my husband left, so it meant that my running time was really cut down, but it really was worth it. I'm a little bit slower now. Because I took a break. I know I'll get back to where I was, but resting was really important for the future of my running, really. So I'm still taking it easy, but I did sign up for the Disney World Marathon in January. I didn't sign up for the full, but I'm doing the 10K with my cousins and the half. And then a few weeks after that, I am hoping to train for the Clearwater Marathon as long as my foot stays healthy throughout the summer. I'll start training in the fall after I get back from Europe. And that's the other thing I'm super excited about is our family trip to Germany and Austria. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, So that's really it personally. It'll be a really interesting season with the kids going back to school. But with work, growing this podcast and the cooking club are really my top priorities I've pulled back a lot on social, but I still really love it as a space to connect with all of you. So I won't give it up entirely, but those are the places I am really, really focusing on when it comes to work and It sort of ties into personally as well. We're going to be doing a ton of traveling in the fall. My oldest is joining a competitive sailing team. My husband is trying not to be too excited. Uh, So we will be traveling with him and with her a lot more. So I'm really trying to prioritize with my work. And I do have some big work stuff. I'm manifesting. But I think I'm going to keep it under wraps for now. I don't think it's quite the time for me to share. I will share in the near future. It's exciting. It's a big change. What won't change is my focus in the podcast, the stuff I share, you know, generally on social media, recipe development for the cooking club. So podcast cooking club not going anywhere. It's the other stuff that might change based on where my focus is offline. So that's your hint for now. All right, let's dive into rapid fire. The kids have been quiet in their room for over an hour now. So uh, I got to go fast. Number one, how long have you been married? 13 years in August, and I'm turning 34. You can do the math. We were babies. One ingredient or item you can't get since moving that you miss no ingredients. I can pretty much get everything I need here. The things I was worried about not being able to get were Cabot Yogurt and Cheese, which is a New England company, Vermont Sticks. You can get both of those down here. Cape Cod chips also can get those and polar seltzers, which we can get here. I don't know if you can get them across the country. What I genuinely miss is New England clam chowder and the Flax Jack's granola bars at my favorite coffee shop in Bristol. Ooh, and Ragged Island beer. I am so excited to drink Ragged Island beer again. If you're in Rhode Island, go to Iggy's for clam chowder. Go to the Beehive Cafe in Bristol for coffee and snacks and go to ragged island or proclamation ale company for beer. I obviously have other recommendations, higher end things, but you didn't ask that. So, we're going to move on. If you could only shop at one place for the rest of time, where? This is hard. I'm going to go with groceries here. Trader Joe's. For like general merchandise, clothes, etc., Target. Favorite genres of music. Punk, number 1. And indie folk music. I know those are very opposite genres, but honestly, that's it. If you weren't working in the food world, what would your dream job be? Okay, I told you I used to want to be a forensic investigator. I do still find true crime fascinating, but probably wouldn't be that. I love food so much, you guys. This is really, this is so what's right for me. I mean, maybe I would be a food writer or just a writer in general, maybe a travel journalist. I love to travel too, but I love to write. So I would love to write a book one day. That is one of my ultimate goals. You can only keep one, Aldi or Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Favorite tattoo. That's like asking me to choose my favorite kid. I can tell you my least favorite tattoo. All of my tattoos have a story attached to them. I really love my paisley half sleeve with the ohm symbol, but my favorite is the word strength, and it's written in graffiti style. It was handwritten by a graffiti artist turned tattoo artist. It's on my ribs, and it represents my strength inside and out healing from an eating disorder, and focusing on being strong inside and out rather than skinny. So wow, that really kind of tied it all together. Uh, That was not intentional, but I think it does tie together a lot of the topics we talked about today. That was so much fun. You guys, thank you so much for the awesome questions. I am working on stopping saying, you guys, I You know, I'm from New England and I have said you guys my entire life. I also call everyone equally dude. I try to say you all, but it just doesn't roll off the tongue. And y'all just, y'all. If somebody wants to come on Instagram into my DMs and send me a voice message and teach me how to say y'all or just tell me to stop trying. And to just say you all, because I know the vast majority of you are women, and some people get offended by people saying you guys. What if I bring back peeps? What if I call you guys peeps? See, I just said you guys again. (laughs) I can't help it. I really can't. Okay, friends. I might have shared this on Patreon, but my youngest calls people on Instagram my friends. I think she truly thinks I'm talking to like my in person friends when I say, okay, I'm going to go talk to my friends. So they know to kind of quiet down so I can do an Instagram reel, some sort of recording. It's very funny. So anyway, you are all my friends. I love connecting with all of you. I have made some really awesome, genuinely like true friends on social media. So I appreciate you guys again so much. Thank you for all the awesome questions. I truly would love to connect with you more over on Instagram. I'm at the tail end of a social media break. So come and join me at Healthy Mama Chris over on Instagram. I'll be back in a couple of days or better yet, join me on Patreon. Get access to our recipe vault, weekly emails with meal inspiration, grocery lists, meal plans, quick tips, Bonus podcasts and more, and for the executive chef level, we have the summer mix and match family meal plan with a brand new format. I'm very excited about. I had so much fun talking to Dana, our community manager, about kind of redoing the format for that cookbook. So it's an e cookbook. So that's coming out in July. So I'd love to see you over there too. patreoncom slash Chris You can get your first week free. Try it out. Starts at just three dollars a month. Best way to connect with me and to support the podcast. All right, friends, that is a wrap for season five of the podcast. Keep your eyes or your ears peeled for the summer snack minisodes throughout the month of July. And I will catch you again in August to dive into all things back to school. Oh, and last but not least, the other best way to support the podcast. Share it with a friend or even better yet, leave me a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. It would mean so much. It's the best way to let me know what you're enjoying about the podcast and help it to reach more busy mamas. All right, friends, have a fabulous summer. I'll catch you soon. Thank you for listening to my Podcast. Friend, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you love to listen to podcasts so you never miss a cooking tip. If you've been loving this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly makes a difference in how many other busy cooks find this show and lets me know what you're loving and want to hear more of. For show notes and links to all the recipes and tools I mentioned, head to healthymamacriscom slash podcast. For daily eats, cooking tips, and family friendly shortcut dinner ideas, be sure to follow along over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. Remember, cooking for your family may not always feel easy, but it can be simple.